I believe that the more you understand about every single aspect of your business, you're a better business owner. Each piece of the puzzle somehow connects to another piece of your business. So the more you know, the better decisions you can make. Welcome to this week's episode of the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm your host, Erin Austin, lawyer, mama of kid and doggy, tennis player, once and future trail runner, YouTube addict, and dreamer. I provide legal tips and bits for turning your expertise into recurring revenue, turning your time-intensive hourly-based business to one that is scalable and hopefully one day saleable is the journey from hourly to exit. This podcast is for experts, consultants, coaches, and other professional services providers with sophisticated corporate clients. If you're investing in the growth of your business, you need advice and resources that address the issues that set you apart from other service-based businesses. Those templates for online businesses don't mean a thing when your client sends their 50-page master services agreement to you for signature. Stop playing small because you don't know how to protect your ideas. Hourly to Exit is here to show you how to navigate the maze of contracts and intellectual property issues so that you can safely and profitably share your ideas with clients and with collaborators. Before we dive in, please remember that this podcast provides general information only. The content of this podcast should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. The information presented is not intended to be a substitute for professional legal consultation. Each legal situation is unique and the laws and regulations can vary widely by location and they do change over time. For specific legal advice regarding your individual circumstances, please consult with a qualified attorney who can address your specific needs. Now, let's get started with today's topic. Don, welcome to Alley the Exit. Hello, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. We can't get enough of marketing and branding advice. So I know the audience will be very interested in what you have to share today. But before we get started, would you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. So I'm Dawn. I'm the owner of the Foster Marketing Consulting. We are a branding and marketing consulting firm, but we also function as a full service agency. And yada, yada, what that means is we are strategists. We'll tell you who, what, when, where, why, and how when it comes to your branding and marketing. And then if you don't know how to execute it, we can do that as well. We're a team of creatives. Fantastic. How long have you been in business? We are turning six this year. Well, congratulations. That Thank is you. Fantastic. Well, we are our near neighbors, I guess. You know, when you're online, you could get to know people from anywhere in the world, but we are both in the DC metro area. And so we are currently struggling through a snowstorm locally <laughs> here, but we hope that it is a sunny day. So that is lovely. So I'd love to get to know who your ideal client is. And how do they know, like, I need to go talk to Don? So my ideal client is, I'll give some, I guess, the unexpected aspects of the type of client that we are looking for. And that's the business owner. Not only are you either new and starting something, or you've been at it for a while, you've seen some success, and you're ready to hand off your branding and marketing efforts to a team of people rather than bringing someone in-house. 
What's really important to us for our clients is we want you to care about what you do just as much as we do. We absolutely attach to the business that we're supporting all of our clients. Some way, somehow we can either get behind the mission or who that business serves at the end of the day. We want our clients to have that same passion about what they're doing, why they're doing it. And we want them to be thirsty to learn. We are always here to share what we're doing, why we're doing it. And we want our business owners to understand that because I believe that the more you understand about every single aspect of your business, you're a better business owner. Each piece of the puzzle somehow connects to another piece of your business. So the more you know, the better decisions you can make. Yeah, I agree with that. I will say like one of the things I'm struggling with lately is feeling like, you know, as a soloist, like feeling like I do have to like learn all these things that aren't my particular expertise, like marketing, for instance, and how to balance, okay, getting to know just enough that I can make, you know, decisions that make sense versus like really getting into the weeds. And uh, so I can stay in my zone of genius, which is not marketing. (laughs) (laughs) And, but still there's so many podcasts and resources and email newsletters listed. They're all about how to be a better marketer and how do we kind of dig through the weeds of all that detail, stay at the mile high level and still be a responsible business owner. I know there's a needle to thread there. Is that a question for me? That is a <laughs> Well, okay, I guess I'll say that I imagine that you get clients who feel overwhelmed by the amount of information about how to be a better marketer that they get all the time. And maybe that's why they come to you because they're overwhelmed by that. So yes, I see a few different things. One of the tricky things about the space that I'm in is the information about what I do and how I do it that is at the fingertips of everyone. We're in a digital age where you can ask the internet anything. But the tricky thing is, is that I've been in this space for 20 years and I know that works what works for a yoga studio may not work for a business coach. I know that those two things don't. The branding and marketing tactics for both It's not created equal. Every business has a different budget, a different audience, different bandwidth. All the circumstances are different. So that information that everyone is getting, it's it's not a one-size-fits-all deal. So information overload, yes, that is the thing. People come to us. Ooh, we see people come to us because they thought they knew what they were doing. We hear it isn't working very often. People come to us with what they think they need, but... Usually they need something different, but they're diagnosing themselves. Like you don't go to a doctor and tell the doctor, I know this is what I have. Just give me a prescription. That doctor is going to tell you based on all of their experience what the issue is and then make their recommendation. That's what we do. So we see both sides of it. People who think they know everything and then people who understand like, okay, I tried this. Come help. Help me, please. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine that. That is an issue. You know, this is an audience of experts and that Mr. Google, well, they understand. AI, <laughs> everyone seems to have an idea about what they need and that self-diagnosis is a huge problem. I mean, it even happens as a lawyer where someone will say, well, I just need this. I'm like, 
I don't know if that's the case or not. And I can't, <laughs> you know, or they just want to give you enough information on an as needed basis in order to keep the bill down or something like that. It's like, can't do that. Yeah. You see the whole picture and then we can tell you how we move forward from there. So, yeah. Well, speaking of the interwebs and AI, how is that affecting what you do and the industry generally, marketers generally? So I'm cleaning up my answer. (laughs) I have, like I said, I've been doing this for 20 years and I've seen trends of when something in the branding and marketing space pops up. Everyone gets excited about it. And I've started to learn, okay, what's going to stick? What's going to be a trend and how those shifts come about? First, there were three big trends that I'm sure every business owner is aware of. First, when social started being the buzz, and then everyone realized that social is overcrowded. And then you saw people popping up saying, oh, you need SEO, SEO, SEO. Mm -hmm. And now AI is here. And while they, I do think there is value in it, I don't think that it's not going to go away. And I say it's here as if it wasn't here before, but stay with me. It's the hot new thing. <laughs> There's value in it. It's not going to go away. It's really how it's used. And I tell my business owners, use AI, but make sure you're cautious about it because at the end of the day, it's still a machine. And that machine is also taught what we think it. So you have to think about all the things that come along with human behavior, good, bad, and ugly, that this machine is spitting back out to you. So I tell business owners, if you want to use it, go ahead and use it as a first draft. Use it to get ideas flowing, but don't let it be what's running your business. Check it. Make sure it still has your voice. And that's why it should only be a first draft, because now we're talking about branding. What a computer spits out the excitement and zest and joy that comes from me, a computer is not going to spit that out. So I tell business owner, use it as a first draft, make it your own. Use it as a tool for your business. Don't let it run your business. That is great advice. And of course, it's the same advice I give. (laughs) From an intellectual property perspective, that where people are really worried about AI is going to take over, they're going to start writing, take my stuff and write something with it. And at the end of the day, what comes out of AI is not protectable intellectual property. And two, it doesn't know the nuance. It doesn't have your expertise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have your voice. It can't read the room and change tactics. Yeah. You know, like all the things that we can do as humans. And so as an expert, we shouldn't worry about being replaced by AI so long as we really are an expert. We're just an extra pair of hands churning out something. Then yeah. we might get replaced. But if we really are an expert that brings our years of expertise, our relationships, all those things that come with us as human beings, then we're not going to be replaced by AI. So I know there's a lot of worry about that. I agree with that 100%. Very well said. So let's go into branding. There's another IP issue with branding that I have a beef with, and you may or may not agree. And that people think that the trademark is like the thing. Like if I have the perfect trademark or the perfect logo, then that's my branding. Tell me what you think of that. (laughs) You know, you are a good person to know because here's what I tell people. They'll ask me a question about what we've created. And I say, get with a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Here's what I've seen. Here's what I think, but I'm not a lawyer. Don't tap into me for... Absolutely not, especially with law and legal matters. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to me. I always say, if I have an issue with my car, 
I'm not going to call you Aaron mm-hmm. because you are not a mechanic. Oh, please don't. You know, I'm stuck right now. So you definitely don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to call a mechanic and get someone that knows to tell me the answer. Because at the end of the day, I'd be very irritated if something happens. I'd be kicking myself because, duh, I asked someone that's not a mechanic about mechanical issues. Good. And so from a marketing perspective, I will say what I say as a lawyer, a non-marketer lawyer, Uh but with respect to the trademarks and the listeners here are people who have corporate clients. Mm -hmm. They're not selling Coca-Cola or FedEx services or hamburgers. They're selling their expertise, right? Mm -hmm. So what I get as an IP lawyer, people will come to me and say, they make a equivalency between brand and trademark. They're like, oh, I've got my fancy logo and I've got this name that's just this killer name and I've got my trademark on it. And they think, okay, that's my brand. And tell me, are they the same? Oh, no, they're not the same at all. (laughs) (laughs) A brand consists of so many different things, even outside of the logo. And once I explain what those things are, I'll give an example. A brand is not just your logo. It's everything that your brand evokes emotionally. So it's the type of photography you use, how you treat it, the words that you use, what your brand sounds like. Is it snarky? Is it educational? Think about the brands you interact with every day. When you've truly created a brand, best case scenario, and you see it with your big brands, your Targets, your Under Armors, your Nike. Anytime you can see some type of advertising that that company has done and you don't even see the logo, that is when they have done a good job branding. Those oh, that is companies, so good. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah. You know a Subaru commercial before they even show you the Subaru because it's got that feeling. They have branded themselves. So now you know what to expect from that company because they're very consistent with how they treat their visuals, the type of characters they cast, the language they use, all of that. You know what you're getting with that company and the logo is just the cherry on top. Right. And so I didn't ask you this before, but have you worked with law firms, for instance, or accounting firms or service providers? And how does that show up with kind of a boring (laughs) company like that? In terms of how we've branded them? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't think it's boring at all. (laughs) Well, part of that is because I love branding and marketing. It's never boring to me. There's always something new and fresh. And like I said, every business owner that we've worked with, they're unique in their own way. So the law firms that we've worked with, absolutely not boring at all because they've created a brand that was specific to them, the clients that they serve. We've had an acupuncturist and his brand was totally every business their mission their vision their values their core pillars are all different and who they serve is different so the combination of those things is always going to present something new and exciting because you've got that fused with providing a solution for the problem you solve that never gets dull that's great i Do you have a favorite way that you work with people? Is it all kind of custom? Do you have packages? Like, how do you work with people? Everything is, but we have standard services we provide, but I always say we're here to help as much or as little as people may need us. 
we work with clients and we typically create for our new business owners, we typically do a brand mood board to dictate the look and feel before we even get to the logo. Mm -hmm. Then we do logo. Then we do copywriting. Here's some clues here of the process of building a brand. So brand mood board, logo, copywriting, and then we outline a website and then stand that website up. For businesses that have been in existence for a while, we're constantly, we do a lot of service. We do a lot. We provide services for service-based businesses. And that's because our sweet spot is that content creation, that relationship building, connecting the dots between your brand and your target. We create assets that really resonate with the target audience and who you serve. That's wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Well, you know, this is a very meta podcast. And so it is about having that hourly to exit journey, specifically for female founders with expertise-based businesses. You and I happen to be female founders of expertise-based businesses. So when you think about scaling your business, like how have you done that? Or what are you thinking about doing in your business to help scale? So I've got a two-phase approach that I'm working on. And Who knows what's after that? I always think about when I scale my business, one of the things that I know I want to stay true to as I continue to build, there are certain things that I don't want to lose sight of. And that's the individual service we provide our clients. Every client, we want them to feel like the only thing we are doing is sitting and taking care of their company. I want to scale to a point where we can continue to do that for as many businesses as possible. But I don't want to get too large where we lose that personal touch. I'm a people first person and that flows through my company as well. I always want our clients to feel priority to us. The second phase is what I personally am going to do. I love branding and marketing, but the every day of it, I still want to have some type of touch point to it, but the managing of my creatives and my strategists. I want to, at some point, I want to be more on a beach than doing that. So my plan is (laughs) (laughs) because I like the thought process, because everything is really people driven to do more speaking and education from the psychological uh, point of branding and marketing and do thought leadership there to help New businesses, aspiring minds, people wanting to build companies understand how we behave as humans and how that dictates what a brand is going to develop into, how to market, et cetera. So that's my plan. Wow, that's interesting. So education and maybe group coaching or memberships, like how do you see that playing out? In a perfect world. So here's what I envision. Three weeks of the month, I'm in another country, but then I come back here. (laughs) (laughs) But then I come back for a week. I visit family, friends. I'm on a stage for one of those days talking to people. Oh, maybe I'll write a book. That's new to the list, but something very, a lot more casual where I can still serve. I can still educate, but really live life. I feel like life is about living in addition to being here and working. Well, if you were to be able to travel the world, that means that you have set up processes and systems and models and templates and all the things in your business so that your team can run without you hanging out right there. Yes. 
important to you from the beginning or is that something that you developed into over time? You know, I developed into that Mm -hmm. because I started and it was just me and I realized that I'm limited to what I can do and the number of businesses I can support if I don't grow bigger. So I think it was year two that I realized I need to start bringing some people on to help me achieve this mission of mine. Mm -hmm. That's pretty quick. That was a great, I mean, some of us, myself included, can go a very long time. (laughs) Just, you know, doing that one-on-one kind of just me, being the expert, doing all the things before we kind of figure out like, you know what, this really isn't sustainable. And I need to start developing some systems, bringing in a team and developing some other revenue streams. So that is fantastic. Well, speaking, if you have made the business so independent from you, that sounds like it could be set up to be sold someday. Is that something that you have thought about? I would definitely be open to that. Mm -hmm. I definitely would. But I also know that when the idea floats around in my brain about how magnificent this could be, I do know that if I sold it, I would not want to let go of our mission. Mm -hmm. It would have to be to someone that absolutely connects with what we do, what we're trying to accomplish, who we're trying to serve what we want to give back to the world. Mm -hmm. So if that opportunity presents itself, yeah, I'd be happy to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. The only thing I'm going to just put in your brain is that, you know, let's say you just settle the highest bidder (laughs) and then you take all that money and you do whatever the mission is that you want to do. There's one way to, you know, kind of achieve a mission. You are absolutely (laughs) right. That makes me feel like I can make some more money in this. <laughs> yes. I like to remind women that we can use our businesses to do good, or we can use our money to do good. There's more than yes. one way to do good, right? Yes. And so by maximizing the value of our businesses, then we also can achieve our missions in that way as well. So I'm going to think of that. You're a smart person. I like talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> So I know that you have a new offer. I'd love you to tell the audience about it. Sure. So we recently launched a free diagnosis for the business owner that has been at it for a while. They've seen some success, they're growing, but they're having trouble getting over that hump into the next level of things. So our free diagnostics tells business owners what's next when it comes to their branding and marketing. We'll let you know if branding and marketing is going to help you get to that next level. And if you're doing everything great, it can put that off the table and then you can start exploring other ways that you may be needing to invest in your company to help grow. That's a free download, a free call that we have to talk business owners through it. And that is on our website, defostermarketing.com. Fantastic. So you, yeah, it's your website. Do you hang out anywhere else online or is that the best place to find you? LinkedIn is my social media platform of choice. I get pretty chatty over there. I can be found at linkedin.com slash in slash Dawn P. Foster. Okay. So your whole name is Dawn P. Foster. Okay, got it. Yes. Yeah, I like you to... can find my company, but the bricks come off on my personal LinkedIn page. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, yes. Honestly, I think a lot of us have trying to navigate the personal LinkedIn page versus the business LinkedIn page and how much to do with one versus the other. But yeah, the personal one, I think, is definitely the best way to interact there. Yeah. 
Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Don. We will Absolutely. have links in the show notes to find you and to your offer and to connect with you on LinkedIn. And it has been a pleasure to have you today. And thank you for talking to the audience. Thank you for having me. This week's episode of the Hourly to Exit podcast is sponsored by the NDA Navigator. Non-disclosure agreements, also known as NDAs, are the bedrock of protecting your ideas and your business's confidential information. Of course, I recommend that you have a lawyer review any agreement before you sign it. However, facing a constant stream of NDAs can be overwhelming especially when time and budget constraints prevent you from seeking full legal review. That's where the NDA Navigator comes in. Designed specifically for entrepreneurs, consultants, and business owners with corporate clients, the NDA Navigator is your guide to understanding, negotiating, and implementing NDAs. Empower yourself with legal insights and practical tools when you don't have the time or funds for a full legal review. Get 20% off by using the coupon code H2E at protectyourexpertise.com. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Hourly to Exit podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the resources and organizations mentioned during the episode. If you find the podcast to be valuable, please subscribe so you get notified of new episodes every week. And I would be so grateful for a rating and review and it helps get the word out. See you next week.